Nah, it's just the PDR podcast. Not the Spanish Flamenco channel. Oh, hey, what's going on? Brian Jump, SAI PDR podcast. Insert million dollar PDR podcast. How you been? How was your weekend? Weekend was very, very... I'd like to say nice. We had one event that was a little bit... uh, Melancholy to say the least, but uh, no, it was a good weekend. It's a good weekend overall. Nice to get rest um, as much as we could get our hands on. Uh, I say that because I had uh, with three students last week. That's for me. That's like the peak of my classes. I don't ever go more than three. I prefer like two. Two's good because they can be buddies. They can be bunkmates. Encourage each other. If it's just one, they've. Sometimes they just feel like it's all the attention's on them, and hey, look at me, you know. Not a lot of guys like that, you know. They'd rather just kind of chill. But uh, yeah, two guy, three guys, excuse me, two were uh, cousins. Um, and then we had our, our local uh, Vadim from uh, Mako. And Vadim's been coming in evenings and weekends for extra free training, which is nice because he needs it. Even though he's a body guy, I don't think he's really a body guy. You know, he's mechanically inclined, but yet you just know. You just after you're training somebody, you can test and find out how quickly they can adapt and and put together the gaps. And he's not super fast with that. And then there's the language barrier. I don't speak Ukrainian. English is probably his third language, maybe fourth. So, you know, I appreciate him. He gets frustrated. He grunts when he's like, ugh. I know what I want to say, but I can't. How do I translate it to English? It's like, fuck. I get that. It's like taking a mental shit, you know. You just he's mentally constipated, right? But uh, they all did good. They all did good. The two uh, wrapped up Friday and headed back up to, uh, to not Sacramento, uh, Bakersfield. Work at a body shop up there, and then uh, Vadim, like I say, he's local, so it was good. Um, had a little party celebration with the family this weekend. Got to see a lot of family members and some we haven't seen for like a decade, which was cool. Uh, cousin David, so, or is that Uncle David? I guess it'd be Uncle David. Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, how funny is that? So, yeah, it was good. Good weekend. Hopefully you had one good. Um, we had some really advanced, wow, there's some puberty right there. We had some really advanced repairs. Uh second puberty coming in my early 50s who would have thought maybe my balls will drop soon um anyway yeah we had uh, some really advanced repairs at the end of the week last week we didn't finish up on friday jake was was motoring along probably about 60 70 percent on a amg mercedes um the aluminum on those fenders just flat out sucks and the amg has a really wide flare and this guy went to a restaurant came out didn't notice because he wasn't coming in on the passenger side, uh, that it, somebody had schwacked it really hard. And um, deep body line smash, compound curve, buckled. Uh, it The body line, the curved body line, had a low kind of running through it. And if you didn't know what you were looking at, you wouldn't know it was even low. A lot of guys would have left it because it's like, oh, that's just part of the body line. But when you walk back and forth between both sides of the car, you could realize, no, the body line is not that deep. So let alone, you know, the, the deep kink. So um, 
So this alone would put this dent, I would say, into the top 5% difficulty of all techs. I'd say only about the top 5% techs could do this dent at with those topics. And then I want to add in one more debilitating factor. It was Matt Gray. Matt Gray, Matt, Matt anything sucks because when you've got a deep dent, typically you're going to have extra texture and, of course, aluminum and all that. But you can't cut and buff, Matt. You can't even buff it. You can't even put compound on it. Well, how do you clean it, Brian? Well, how do you clean up your, your tap-down marks? Well, you try to minimize your tap-down marks. You can put on a clear bra if you want, temporarily, or you could put on packaging tape. Um, you have to even watch your heat because sometimes the, the micas or the paint will burn because sometimes the matte clear is just not quite as robust. Or they might have used less of it, right? You don't have to worry about it. It's not getting buffed. It's not getting polished. So, yeah, that was uh, that was that was a bitch. So there's a lot of different things we did to slow down any texture creation, paint cracking. You know, we didn't use a torch. We just used a regular uh, heat gun for the sake of not hopefully, you know, minimizing burning the the the, the base coat or the clear. I mean, even burning the clear, we've been screwed. You know, because you burn the clear, you normally, oh yeah, I just buff that. Oh, guess what? Go back to rule number one. So yeah, hard, hard dent and then handcuffed with Matt. This is what the PDR contest should be. PDR contest should be aluminum with matte paint. You're gonna separate, the cream's gonna rise to the cop, real, the, to the top real, real fast. The cream's gonna go to the cops. So yeah, it was, uh, that's, you heard it here first. I'll make uh, mention that we need to have, have the contest, aluminum panels, matte paint. Let's see what people can do then. Holy crap. And the good news, spoiler alert. Um, I'm gonna probably hope, hopefully do a video on it and show the tools and the processes and everything, but uh, customer picked it up. All right, like I said, we had the family celebration on Saturday. I came in Sunday morning, 8.30. Got done about 12.30. So it took me four hours to pick up where Jake left off. And holy crap. Customer was was so stoked. It had a couple little tiny chinky scratches in it from whatever hit it. I mean, picture like almost like little teeth. But they're real minor. And he didn't want to repaint his fender. He's like, man, I've seen people redo these mats. And it's, it's a shit show. And I'm like, you're absolutely right. He's like, would you paint it? I'm like, well, two things. If it was my car, no, I wouldn't paint it. You know, number one, because it looks fantastic and those little chinks are nothing. And number two, um, I wouldn't paint it. In other words, I, my shop, we are not that experts, much of experts on refinishing matte. So I would say I would have passed on it. If it was a matte Altima or something, maybe. But not a $120,000 AMG Mercedes uh, E-Class. Not a chance. This thing was pimp. Brown leather, carbon accents. It was a badass car. This guy was really cool. He was so stoked. He came to pick it up Friday because I go, look, we're not going to be able to work out on Saturday. Why don't you come pick it up? And if you want to bring it back on Sunday, we'll wrap it up. And even then when he saw it, he's like, man, you guys are making good progress. Some people see a dent halfway through and they shit their pants. This guy had the had the wherewithal and, and you know, and the composure to look at it and go, man, that's, this, this is going to, you know, I mean, he is not a PDR guy, but he's like, wow, you guys are improving on this so maybe there's hope because i told him i go i can't guarantee it's going to come out obviously i won't charge you if it doesn't but 
I was hoping if we got it close, but it had heavy texture and, and we hit, somebody could just take it into body work, I would have charged them fender replacement cost. The fender is 913 and labor is probably three or four bucks. So like four, about what I charged them to do the, them to begin with. You know, and then somebody's probably a G to paint it or give or take. So yeah, it's 2,500 to three grand job all day long, probably more, four to five grand, probably what the number on that was, but it came out. So you'll see photos, I'll post it up on the gram. Um, any flaws you're asking? Yeah, definitely. Definitely through the buyer line. Um, that's where Jake had already gone into it. I, I, you, plastic tap down for me almost throughout. He was using a rubber tap down, uh, a dent craft. It looks almost like a, uh, like a door uh, edge stopper, whatever you want to call those things. Like, like a cap that would go on an eraser pencil. About that size of a rubber, rubber tap down, kind of flat. He broke it. It snapped when he was tapping the thing down and he was using using a framing hammer. That's how stiff and resilient that piece of shit. When you break a tap down, you know, you know you're dealing with some shit. But for me to get down the texture, no metal tap downs and no super sharp tools on the backside either. So, and then it even had a gap up by the headlight where it meets the bumper. So Vadim jumped in and helped me kind of straighten that out a little bit. And, uh, and, and there was a brace inside too, which I, I forgot to mention. Yeah, brace up underneath as well. Just everything just to kind of fuck with. This was definitely a 9 out of 10. What would mean a 10 out of 10? Maybe a deeper crease running. Deeper crease running through the buying line would have been harder. I can, I've done stuff that's harder, but uh, yeah, this was definitely a 9 out of 10. So anyway, we did that. We had a Tacoma out here that we did some dents and paint and, and bumpers. That got picked up. Had a Chevy Colorado. I made a big oops on that guy. I said, you know, I'm going to be here for the Mercedes. I got to work a half day. Come on in. Quick 500 bucks. You know, it's always good to put a nickel in your pocket, right? So, so yeah, this happened at the golf course. I'm thinking to myself, okay, he looked kind of scruffy. I go, and he's driving a Colorado. There's no way he lives at the golf course. He probably works there. I should have asked. But he, he's, I thought he worked there. Two, two golf ball dents. I mean, and not on the top in the side of the truck. One was in the, the D-pillar, you know, the, the roof line on the on the back side, right by the rear door and the rear window. And it was a narrow one, only about an inch and a half wide. So you can imagine how stiff that metal was. And then uh, we had one in the driver's door underneath the mirror, luckily below the brace. So the door below the brace one, as you might imagine, piece of cake. The one in the, uh, the pillar took a little extra time. But nonetheless, it was good. It was good. Oh, a little goby. This is some good, good uh, flamenco right here. So yeah. Um, so yeah, that was probably and Vadim rode side saddle on that one. It probably took us eh, half hour, forty-five minutes. Probably forty-five minutes because a student always slows you down, right? Um, so th that was pretty much what what I did over the weekend. So we didn't work Saturday, like I said. So. Um, so yeah, we took in quite a bit of money between that Tacoma and the Mercedes and then that nickel, uh, Colorado, roughly about three thirty-five hundred, I think it was. Um, all right. So there you go. So let's, speaking of money, speaking of money, let's talk about money for you. Okay. Not Brian. Let's talk about money you can make. Cause that's, this podcast is not about me. It's about you guys and gals and wildlife. 20,000 a month. How many of you out there consistently make a 20 spot every month? Quarter million dollars a year. Pretty much pre-tax. 
So post tax, I mean, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. So if you're not making that kind of money and it's 2022, soon to be 23, that's not good. That's not good. You're not living your best life. You're not taking care of your kids and your family. I'm just saying. You're being a derelict is what I'm saying. I'm saying being a loser. <coughs> no, you gotta you gotta step it up. How about retirement? Are you married? Your wife would like to retire. She doesn't want you working until you're 80. How about the kids' college? You've got you've got all that paid for already? Mm, really? Are the cars paid? Do you have a lease? Do you have, do you have a note on one of those cars? Are you taking vacations twice yearly? And I'm not talking a three-day over over the weekend at Salt River or whatever. I'm talking about a real vacation. You know, etc. These are things that 20k plus a month is going to help you get to. And of course, living within your means. Yeah, we make 20, we spend 19.5 a month. I don't put much away, but we have a great life. Uh, yeah, I get it. And I wouldn't hate on anybody who does that with terminal cancer. But what if you plan on living for a few more years? Not good. So what skills? This is going to be good, guys. If you want to get to that number, it's going to be good. If you're not like, ah, I really don't care, Brian. There's more things that are important to me in life, like like uh, leisurely walks in the evening. Okay, good. Good, good, good. I like it. Get some good tennis shoes then. Some comfy uh, socks. All right, so what skills are you missing for you to hit that number consistently? 20 grand, whatever your number is. Maybe it's 15, maybe it's 30, maybe it's 50. Are you not good enough as a tech to hit those numbers? Well, there's only so many hours in a day. So between your quality and your speed, you are limited. So I'm going to assume, and you know what they say about when people do that, I'm going to assume that you're a good enough tech to take care of your own and your speed's fine. And you're not going to work 23.5 hours a day and sleep a half hour. You're going to do something else to maximize your income. And that might be, number one, scaling. AKA, not scaling a building Spider-Man style. Adding people. Hot bodies. And I'm not talking hotties that are bodies. Not, you know, strippers or whatever. I'm talking just people. Technicians. Probably dudes. And then the other thing is workload. People coming to you trying to give you money. Take my money, Billy. Take it. You need more of those people telling you that, potentially. Maybe you have too many. Maybe you're like, Brian, I've got, the phone's ringing off the hook. I got people, I got more work every day than I can do. I don't have enough people. We've all got gaps. We've all got chokeholds. What's your chokehold? What's your barrier to growth? Income growth. Is it marketing or is it scaling? It's probably one of those two things. If you're a new tech, it's because you don't have enough skills. You got to pay your dues into this business, guys. Put the time in. All right, so let's assume that word again. Yeah, we're going to ask out of you and me, I know. All right, let's assume it's both scaling and marketing. Are you investing any of your money regularly, I'm talking monthly, into education? Because the reason you're probably not scaling and the reason you're probably not getting enough people to, trying to chase you down and shove dollars into your wallet is because you're not educated enough in either or both of those said skill sets. 
What do you mean by that, Brian? I mean, you don't know how to find the right customers that want to give you the money because they're out there. There's plenty of people, guys. Or And or B, you don't know how to find the right people to help you and foster an environment where they want to come work with you. You know what? You're going to pay me a lot of money and, and I'm a PDR tech, but you're an a-hole or you that area is, is a shithole or you know there's a lot of reasons why people won't want to go work for somebody think about it why wouldn't you want to go work for somebody the job the environment the pay blah 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 blah. those all matter they do so recognize that what makes what makes fun places want you know people want to work at you know the starbucks or whatever and i'm not saying adults like me or you know, high earners, but I'm talking about, you know, a teen or early 20-something. Why would they want to? It's fun. It's it's social. It's this and that. So there's a lot of skill sets that go into bringing people in, recruiting, and there's a lot of skill sets and education that go behind marketing. So I'll go back to the original thing. Our question, are you investing 20% or more of your monthly income in, in education? Have you identified your gaps? Because if not, the money's probably not just going to, maybe, but probably not going to just land in your front yard in a big bag out of a, a C-130 cargo plane because you live near the airport. I don't know. It might. You know, Coke might drop from the sky and you might flip it over to your buddy who's a who's the local dealer and gives you back a couple couple C-notes or whatever. I don't know. But no, come on. that's This is what we're talking about. So... Education, not the most sexy thing I know, but sometimes it kind of is. You need to seek people who know more than you and who are already doing what you want to do. Do you understand that? Seek people with the skills to have the skills that you want to attain. Don't hate on others out there that are more more successful than you. That's just that's immature. That that's that's short sighted. A lot of people are jealous of people who are doing better than them in whatever reason. And all it is is they just have the skills. And they think, oh, they, you know, their parents gave them the money or this and that. Or they had an unfair advantage. They've been doing it for 50 years. Guys, at one point, they were probably like you. Get the education. Get the learns. Get your learning on. Seek people who have the education and the skills And see if they'll teach you. Isn't time the most precious currency? Of course it is. It's not money. Brian, I can't pay my bills with time. And indirectly, actually, you can. But in order to save time and attain wealth, nothing more important than education exists. Nothing. Because once you get those skills, you know what? I've become a better salesperson. I've become a better recruiter. You know, you're gonna be better. Some would say 50% of your revenue should be should be education based until you reach your goal. Because guys, chances are skills and speed as as a PDR tech, as much as you want to believe they're holding you back, they're not. And I see all there's so many people that are interested in these podcasts and these groups and stuff. And I think it's just fodder. People are just just having conversations and just want to chit chat and chat chit about you know big dance like I just talked about that Mercedes and stuff and fancy tools and shit. But guys, that's not as long as you have base set of skills. That's not really what's holding you back. 
Guarantee it. But fine, there's one den a week I can't do. All right. How many people are you missing out daily or hourly that you could do? They would pay you way more than that one dent. So what are you measuring success on? Numbers of dents or numbers of dollars? Right. A lot of people measure success indirectly, at least socially, on numbers of dents or size of dents or complexity of dents. When in actuality, that's just, just bullshit, really. When I first started this podcast, I kind of did that on purpose. I kind of leaned in on the on the super high. Who gives a shit if somebody can't do that dent? What does it matter? You say no to that guy and say yes to 17 others. And make the same money we did on that Mercedes. It's just peacocking. It doesn't really matter. Fluff those feathers. Skills and speed and fancy tools more than likely aren't holding you back from taking care of your life and getting your time back and your families. That's crucial you understand what I'm saying. This is heavy. It really is. So scaling. You should be seeking one to four people, probably, assuming you can get the work. One, that's going to one to four X your revenue right out of the gate. Wow, man, I can, one other person, two other people, I can get to that goal where I want to get whatever that is. So you need to learn how to recruit. There's classes and there's other methods for learning to build this skill. Okay, marketing, same thing. I need more people. I need more customers. Or I need. I just need better customers. I'm wasting my fucking time pushing washing machines, motorcycles, you know, appliances, garage doors. Or all I have is cheap people that want to pay me 75 to 100 bucks. I can't find... Find the people that that Brian keeps talking about that are spending four figures for dents. Like our Rivian customer last week that spent 800 bucks plus a $100 tip and didn't give a shit. That's my customer, man. I love it. So how do you get the skills to be a better marketer? Find the Rivian guys. And how do you get the skills and the knowledge to recruit? Number one, mentors. They might, mentors are out everywhere. Find the people that, that do these things. And it doesn't have to be PDR, guys. <clears throat> it could be other service businesses. Find somebody that's successful that you see that's a great marketer or a better marketer than you and that knows how to recruit and bring people under their, their tutelage and pay them. Pay them. Pay them whatever it's worth. I told you the story about Jeremy. If you listen to the podcast, if you're a long timer, where he spent 10 grand, maybe six or seven years ago for a consultant. This guy had nothing to do with PDR. He immediately helped Jeremy boost his business 30% the next month. Mentors do not have to be PDR related. Sure, if you can find one that, that, that has those skills and is in PDR, of course, it's a much better alignment. That'd be great. But I'd rather have a mentor who has supreme skills who's going to teach me and is a good teacher is going to charge me a fair price versus a guy in PDR who's a horrible teacher, who's arrogant, who may withhold information, you know, blah, blah, blah. So you have to, and you might make a mistake. You might pay five grand or whatever to somebody and you thought you were going to get something you didn't. All right, so what? Chalk it up to, to lesson learned. You got you to rec uh, recruit your mentors a little better. On to the next. 
you definitely aren't going to grow. Thank you for the plus. You're definitely not going to grow if you don't take that leap, take that risk to bring in teachers for yourself. Some mentors slash teachers. Online classes, number two. There's a lot of online classes out there. Tons. Coursera, a um, bunch of them. Does that mean they need to be PDR once again? No. Notice I didn't say you need to be a better PDR recruiter. You just need to learn how to recruit. I didn't say you need to be a better PDR marketer. You just need to be a better service business marketer. That's the skill. Once again, if they're PDR guys or gals, great. It's going to align even better. You'll probably get some extra nuggets out of it. It doesn't have to be. Online classes. Another one, in-person classes. Go somewhere. They're going to have a one-day class. Go. My wife took a, a hair class. It was three or four hours. It was in a house, which is also a salon, and they taught how to, uh, I don't know what you call it, basically just, just trim hair with, with shears better, or certain styles and shit, you know, different angles and, and more cutting edge. They learned a couple of things. Couple. It was 25 bucks a head. Like I had like 20 people, and he made, he made 500 bucks in three hours. I mean, who knows if it was even worth it for him. I think they're trying to do more classes, so they're trying to build like a, you know, a a group, a mainstay, if you will. And the last one is seminars. There are seminars out there all over. Some are going to be shit. Let's face it. But man, be willing to throw some some, some garbage into the mix to, to find some gold nuggets. And remember this, guys, in closing. Each one thing you do may not get you all the info you need. Man, I went to the seminar. I only learned... How to find the people. I didn't learn how to bring them in. All right. Well, let's say there's 10 chunks. There's 10 blocks of knowledge you need to learn to get to to the promised land of, of being a great recruiter to get the people to work for you. And you got two from that. All right. Good. You got two. You got eight more to go. Maybe one more class. Get you two blocks, you know, or get you four more blocks. All right. Now I'm six. Don't get frustrated. You're closer. And now you're going to mentor and get you four more. Bam. The funny thing is you're going to think that mentor was the promised land. Oh, man. Billy taught me everything, man. I, I No. It was all the education. There was all those little things, potentially, that, that gave you the whole program. And it could have been a seminar too, whatever else. And guys, I know it. Learning can be expensive. You know? I've seen people spend over 100 grand. To have a half hour, hour on the phone with with a well-known somebody, somebody who has that knowledge and who help, can help guide them. But they spend that because A, they can afford it. B, their time is worth it. Their time is worth it. Your time is worth it. And so many people don't get that. When I get into these Facebook groups and I start kind of steering the conversation towards time base, I get friction. Because people, they... They're, they're so set in their ways. They have beliefs. And it's hard to change people's, people's beliefs, isn't it? You have to be introspective. You have to be open-minded. And not everybody is. Not everybody's at that, at that point in their life. But this podcast episode, I'm telling you right now, there's actionable topics in here that, that can get you to where you need to be. 
you have all the information right in front of you. You have to, yeah, you've got to go do a little research. You got to go find those mentors, online classes, cohort classes, which I didn't even mention. What's a cohort class, Brian? A cohort class is a group of students, including you, they group up. So together, you work on projects to, to learn. It's better. It's better than doing it on your own. The, why cohort? Because people have a, have a tendency to finish the class when they're in a group. When they're isolated, half the time they get busy and they don't do it. They don't finish it. Cohort classes, group learning. It doesn't mean it doesn't may not mean in person. You may have a, a, a group uh, attendee in Maryland, one in New Mexico, and one in SoCal. But you guys are gonna as you group together and, and knock it out, you're gonna support each other and you're gonna learn it better. Cohort learning is, is, is powerful. And there's lots of cohort classes out there. All right, so there it is, guys. I just gave you the blueprint, the framework on how to get to 20 grand, 30, 50 grand a month. Literally. That was it. Do you want it? I really don't see value in it. All right, no worries. Tell that to your to your older self when you're 50, 60, 70. Tell that to your wife when the kids just graduated high school and you guys are struggling to pay those college tuitions. Tell that to the wife and kids when all their friends are going on vacation in July and August and you don't have the budget. And these are small problems, by the way. There are much bigger problems out there. Time and money, in that order. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Any questions or comments, 949-302-3464. No students. We're not going to be students for about a month. It's going to be nice. Got a couple dudes uh, coming from Florida. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, what else? What else? What else? We've got, got a lot of work this week. And then uh, we're, thank God, speaking of uh, vacations, uh, the fam and me and I, I and the fam, Fam I, going to Hawaii this Friday through Tuesday. Just a five-day junket. Going to hop over the pond, land on an island, smell some tropical flowers, kick some wonderful water. Cannot wait. And the fam family's going. And they're getting old. So the fact we can get these kids in their 19s or early 20s to go. And my stepson, he's 32. They haven't popped out a pup yet. I mean, any day now. Any day that lady is going to probably just say, oh, I'm pregnant. She's not yet. She's not, no preggers yet, but it's coming. And when she does, they're not going to have time to go on vacations with us. And that's okay. That's what it's supposed to be. But they aren't right now, so let's go. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Spending time with family. It's precious. As is time, right? All right, that's it. I'm rambling. So, yeah, we'll probably still do a pod from Hawaii, by the way. I always like when we did that uh, one in Mexico uh, last October. That was fun in Oaxaca in the park. That was really cool doing one from Mexico. So, yeah, we'll definitely do a pod from Hawaii. Maybe even a live. I don't know. We'll see. But, hey, guys, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah Maybe I'll try to find a PDR guy out there. I don't know if I'll have time with five days, but but we'll see. We shall see. Um, thanks so much, so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next SAI million dollar, $20,000 to $40,000 a month. PDRpodcast.com. Bye-bye for now.